again. Okay, uh, okay. The date, the date is August fourteenth. Hello, everyone. I don't think you should date it. Doesn't matter. My name is Jack. Who is here today? Uh, it's your boy, Edward Nash. V. We out here, you know, talking about the important topics. Yeah, you can call me Tyler Durden or V. Okay, so the big the big headline this week is obviously Trump gets uh, swept by the feds. This is big news. Everyone's freaking out. Um, I have in front of me here a CNBC article from Friday, August 12th. FBI search warrant reveals agencies' top secret documents in raid of Trump's home. So I'll just, just to give the... If you haven't heard about this already, I'm giving you context, although I'm sure everyone listening to this has heard. The FBI seized multiple sets of documents marked top secret from former President Donald Trump's Florida resort home, Mar-a-Lago, when agents raided it Monday, according to a search warrant unsealed Friday. The warrant directed agents to seize, quote, all physical documents and records constituting evidence, contraband, fruits of crime, or other items illegally possessed in violation of three laws related to handling hmm. the handling of government documents. The warrant indicates that statutes relating to espionage and obstruction of justice are the foundation of the search. Conviction or yeah, convictions under these statutes can bring fines or prison sentences. One of the statutes which relates to removing or destroying government records includes a punishment of being, quote, disqualified from holding any office under the United States, according to the text of the law. Hmm. Um, and it kind of goes on to detail, like, the statutes or whatever. But, I mean, just on its face, I think that all of this has been really interesting. We've seen the Trump world turn completely abolitionist on us, although not for the right reasons or the reasons that we would want. Um <laughs> They're 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 treating him like he's a teenager, folks. That he was having a panic attack at the mall, and the cops they were too rough with him. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, we we were talking before we started recording earlier. Um, you know, Dinesh D'Souza and um, Marjorie Taylor Greene are both. What are they? Are they both selling defund the FBI merch? I know Marjorie Taylor Greene is for a fact. Dinesh has his own boring one. It says something even like, it says something that's really like, there's no transliteration to it and it really sucks, so I can't remember what it said. You like his normal stuff, you know. But I know he has some type of merch that is like, yeah, it's stop the FBI from going out of control. And he was online complaining the other day about like, uh, the FBI being out of control, and then he was like, "I'm gr- glad." Like, what's her name? The WNBA star, uh, Brittany Griner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, "I'm glad she'll be feeling the full force of Russian justice," which is like, bro, you think justice here is like too soft and shit? Like, that's a, you know, that's like a, it's such a shit comment because it's like you don't want the you know presidents to actually like face any punishment for doing something wrong. And like, I'm not a legalist and shit. I don't care, you right. know. But, like, you want to, like, do this stuff where it's like, oh, well, we got the president doing something wrong. And it's like, yeah, but that's how the laws have always been applied, unequally. Like, you get used to it, you know? That, that's why, like, sovereign citizens exist. They can't you, fix that contradiction in their head. Right. And the laws don't apply that high up. I mean, they believe laws are magic spells, apparently. That if you just uh, say them <laughs> in the right order at the right time, then magically... Um, the cops won't break your window out of your car and drag you out and put you in handcuffs. You got to know the universal commercial code. That's the real law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, um, yeah, this kind of like uh, 
elementary school naivete about the way that laws are applied to people who play different roles and are, in, are at different levels of the social and political hierarchies in the United States is just um, it's par for the course of the larger denialism about so many aspects of the functioning of our uh, social and political um, processes. And yeah, I would say too that there's so many people who get caught up in like um, chasing down these legal things. Like they happen all the time. You know what was like? Oh, we the Mueller investigation. They caught like a few like low hanging guys who talked to Russia. That's right. You have um, the, the Durham investigation that catches a few like losers that hung around the Hillary circles, and. You've had raids on, like, you know, senators who've been corrupt before. You had Blago go to jail for Obama setting him up. You have these things happen, but it's like, most of the time, it's like, eh. Everyone knows it in their head, like, nothing's going to happen. But I think the Trump people have worked them such, themselves into such a psychosis that they don't think that way anymore. They think, they're like, yeah, something's coming for them. If Trump was the only thing standing between me and the FBI. But I think one thing that is like totally unprecedented here is the fact that I don't think any president has been the subject of like the criminal justice system like this. I mean, it's hard to find any kind of like historical precedent for this or to predict what will happen. Nixon was demanded to turn over the tapes. I mean, that was something that was there and he turned them over with, you know, the missing minutes and stuff. But like, that's exactly that's pretty much the same thing. But they didn't have to go to Nixon's house to go get the rest. Right. <laughs> Can I read this post from um, our favorite Marjorie Taylor Greene? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so she's she's sharing this post from Truth Social uh, from Donald Trump. This is four days ago as of this recording. I think there is an extremely high probability that the FBI planted, quote, evidence, end mm-hmm. quote, against President Trump. Otherwise, why would they not allow his attorneys or anyone to watch them while they conducted their unprecedented raid? <laughs> And that and that's what the this post that she shared. It's just a screenshot from True Social. It's basically Trump's claim. It, this is Trump's claim. Like I don't know if this is true or not. And since it was um, said by Trump, you know, you'd be safe to err on the side of caution. But you know, this idea that um, while they were going through Mar-a-Lago, like Trump wanted like his attorneys or whatever to observe the raid and how they wouldn't allow him to. Um, <clears throat> I, I, f- I find that kind of interesting. Um, what do you think? So, can, mm-hmm. can we tr- can we trick the uh, Trump people into defunding the FBI, or is this just pure opportunism on their part? Um, it's gone. So I think it's another example of how reactionary ideology around uh, our institutions and processes is incoherent. You know. Um, I would love to believe we could trick them into helping us abolish uh, these institutions. Um, If anything else, I think it's highly entertaining, you know, that that now they're coming around to these anti-authoritarian positions. They're becoming spontaneously critical of the security state, you know? Yeah, the thing I have is like, when it affect um, when it affects one of their right. uh, one they're of their own. literally but their favorite guy yeah. the and thing, only him the thing i have with them is like okay well the fbi could be dissolved by them tomorrow and like what would happen um like the department of naval intelligence or whatever mike flynn came from would be like the in charge like justice department you know the justice department enforcement squad look at the dea like how much of an active role they play compared to the fbi like so, there's other agencies out there that'll just do you just fine and someone should uh, tell Marjorie Taylor Greene to watch uh, Judas and the Black Messiah because they actually do this kind of shit all the time and even worse. 
tell I mean, you'd really I'll marry her. I'd really love uh, you know to see her head kind of explode um, when uh, you present the argument to her that she's uh, joining in um, radical leftist criticism of uh, of our uh, law enforcement institutions. That would be wonderful. That'd be very Look, entertaining. I would, I would love to see the Marjorie She'll Taylor forget Green. about it in a week. Well, Will, we'll, I mean, depends on how far this goes. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's going to be much there. There, like, but, there's nothing they can do. Like we said, you know, to Trump. Yeah. Well, what do you, I mean? I don't know, man. I think the the establishment. They're like out. And like, here's the thing. Here's the ironic thing about all this. And I just want to put this forward: but, is that like, obviously, liberals have been thinking like. The other shoe is going to drop on Trump for like yes. since he announced for years right. and years and years. Can I say this? Is this time different? I the guess the liberals is what I'm in power, the liberals up at the top, will not let it happen because you're prosecuting the president of the United States, a former president. You can't let you. That's the precedent they don't want to break. Because then what? No, that is what I've heard. I've heard that like basically, you know, I mean, who was the one? Um, who pardoned Nixon? Was it uh, Ford? Ford pardoned Nixon. And, you know, it, the theory behind that is basically exactly what you just said. When you set a precedent of, oh, a – because let's face it. We know amongst ourselves that every president basically commits, like, a tr- you know, world atrocities, crimes, et cetera, whatever you want right. to call it. And, in fact, like well, – You know, Obama Obama was, uh, you know, let's – hey, let's move on, folks. You know, wait, from George Bush. Bush, from, like, an absolute blatant lie about the Iraq war. Because so, yeah. he knows if he sets that precedent when his number is up, you know, when he's done being president, woo, they're going to look at his drone program. They're going to look at this or that. You know what right. I'm saying? So right. they kind of protect the office out of their own self-interest. But- right. And so a simple, a simple like, formulation of that is just that, you know, all presidents have to be overseers on a certain uh, level of the American empire. Uh, so, in the, doing yeah. so, atrocities have to be committed. I think you know? the last two presidents too show like you don't even have to be like conscious, you know, like exactly. You don't have to. You don't. You're not doing anything. I mean, the foreign policy of Joe Biden's run out of like by Tony Blinken. Right. The um, Trump couldn't. Trump had no talent pool to pull from. You know, that's why he had the same neocons showing up in his administration as the Bush one. You know, there was no like nationalist populist uh intelligentsia to start pulling talent from when he took office and that was his problem yeah i mean i think the difference is like the establishment is you know the ruling class obviously they have disagreements among themselves and i think there's just a large sect of them that is genuinely embarrassed and undermined by trump's antics and they've been trying to do away with him from the beginning and it just seems like they're hungry to pin anything to him at this point. You, you know, fuck up their plans. But I mean, I think the thing is, it's just like you still don't want to break that precedent. Of, like, this was a president, man. Like, you can start talking about other presidents after that. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but this actually made me go off into a kind of like ADD vortex, thinking about. Um, Directive 4 of RoboCop in the movie mm-hmm. RoboCop where uh, he has a hidden directive that uh, makes it so he can't arrest a senior officials in the or senior staff or like executive staff of mm-hmm. OCP, right? And any t- any attempt to arrest them would um, 
would result in shutdown. It was like a hidden protocol uh, put into his uh, operating procedure. Right. Uh, and so I just I'm seeing a parallel there with what you're saying about like why there has to be some kind of breaks put on like uh, the type of action that could be taken that, against Trump potentially was, yeah. there could be some breaks put on it because they don't want uh, to have the RoboCop turning against the uh, the board members that was his right? biggest issue with Hillary is like everything she pointed out about him she did and like hers was like way worse <laughs> you know what I mean like right. Trump's fake charity like stole money from a bunch of New York socialites so he could buy a painting of himself like I don't give a shit whereas like Hillary's charity is like they're like stealing money from Haiti after an earthquake. <laughs> oh my god. You know, like Hillary's is much more brutal. Or like, oh, Hillary was like starting the slave market in Libya and like Trump was like he showed up at a benefit and took a picture even though he didn't give a donation. Like I don't care about Trump's one. Like that's a crime I can forgive. Well, it's funny because like we all know like Trump's strategy in these kinds of situations is to like deflect and like flood basically just flood the conversation with nonsense or like false equivalencies or whatever yeah. i mean it's with the hillary ones you're talking about there were certainly a bunch of analogs that applied to everything and that's why like hill dog could never really pin anything to him for the exact reasons you Nepotism, stated yeah corruption yeah yeah and it's like you know trump he's trying to deflect he's trying to say oh and like my my assumption is like when Trump says something, you know, my default like stance is like, well, he's probably making it up or exaggerating, or there's some non-truth element <laughs> that's going on here. But he's like, what about all the thirty thousand documents that? Yeah, his characterization that Obama put on a truck and had sent to uh, Chicago. Like, what about all those missing documents, no. et cetera, oh. and so on? It's funny, and I guess people were pointing out that he was talking about. Um, the stuff that like Obama's administration took to like form his uh, presidential library in Chicago and stuff like that. That was the documents that were yeah. being trucked out of D.C. or whatever. And it was done like as Trump was president because they have to like declassify shit and like say what can go. And it's like, am I mistaken? But or did like the Bush, like Bush Jr. Didn't they like destroy like a bunch of documents on the lead up to the transition of power? Like when they were leaving office as well. I mean, isn't that something that just kind of happens? I assume so. And speaking of, like, an extra, like, judicial law, like, the U.S. has, like, the policy, too, under Bush, where it was like, if you send one of our troops to The Hague, we'll invade you. You know? Wow. Like, you can't be, you can't try any of us for war crimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was, like, um, when, I forget who it was, it dropped out, like, another, like, one of the African nations that dropped out, I was like, it's like... Yeah, this is the International Caucasian Court. Like, we're not coming up here anymore for this bullshit because you've only punished, like, non-white people for the last, like, three decades since, like, Serbia, you know? Right. And it's like, yeah, those are Eastern Europeans. Was, they were going to punish them anyway. Well, you know, given the pattern of, but, like, you know, uh, racialized imperialism and racialized uh, colonialism and... and uh, neo-colonialism to know. trump's lies though i think like a good thing to watch is like that's why we were, we were watching the alex jones trial because it's like the same way where it's like just pieces of information like his voters will just say pieces of information they just need that one piece that they can remember they don't even have to remember where they got it from to you but 10 years later they can still tell you like hillary did your uranium one <clears throat> and you're like what is that again and it's just nothing beyond that right they don't know but like they know that's a talking point they know crt we talked about that before we started recording. 
Look at that. They forgot about it, but if you talk to them about schools, guarantee you, guarantee you, CRT will just be in a long list of grievances. Yeah. It's there, but it's just not front and center anymore. Yeah. And, and you, yeah, you deflect, you divert, and you dilute, you know? And that's like what the Alex Jones trial was. Like, he just kept trying to turn to the jury to be like, hey, I'm innocent. And that's like Trump's national strategy. Uh, does it say a lot about, like, the current state of American politics that it feels like they're almost doing this as a me means to, like, disqualify Trump from running again because they are afraid of him running and winning, you know? I think there's an element of that, yeah. There's an element of it. I'm not saying that's the only motivation because obviously they've been trying to pin him since, like, he announced they've been trying to get him for some kind of crime right. or something. Well, there's a running theory about Trump. Um, so, first of all, like, you know, I tend to uh, take the line that... Um, both politicians of both parties, you know what I'm saying, are largely careerists. I think it's it's more explicitly and uh, less cryptically the case with uh, right-wing politicians and Republicans right. um, that they're careerists and yeah. their ideology has nothing to do with the larger impact on society or advancing a larger like right wing uh, shifting of uh, the current. Well, I guess can, you could say they can of, provide you like pastiches of like the patriarchy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's all they can give you. It's just like the Democrats can only give you representation, right? Right. But I mean, what I'm saying is that I don't think that there is some commitment to larger principles among many republicans i mean obviously there's yeah. going to be the public dance that people are going to do and you're going to have to try and present um some kind of like uh mimed uh commitment to larger principles but i don't think that that's actually the case i think that with most uh, politicians uh, most uh, politicians in general but specifically Republican politicians, right-wing politicians, that it's it, it, their own careers are at the center of 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 everything that they do, right? I, so, yeah. and, and 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 so let me draw this out, right? So, I think that in the case of something like CRT, it is not about creating a shift in values in the American population, right? Uh toward like a certain state of society, but rather it's more about um, shoring up their future base by manipulating the education system and using the specter of CRT as a pretense from through from which or through which to um, mm -hmm. uh, manipulate the education system yeah. in a way that uh, makes it so that they have a viable um, kind of like discursive ground through which to to have a future in this country because look we know from regular liberal progressive discourse right that whenever there is a larger voter turnout right so this is where we get into gerrymandering and voter suppression and all of these issues uh when there's larger voter voter turnout republicans lose right uh, we know, as we were talking about before we started recording, uh, about like massively uh, progressive policy that is not up for discussion by either party. Uh, you know, uh, massively popular uh, progressive 
policies right. that are like just left completely off the table. What does that say about the general like attitude and value streak uh, among the larger population? Right. It says that the larger population is against these ridiculous extreme like right wing ideas that are becoming mainstays and just normal like uh, business as usual but, among Republican politicians. Right. So in order for them to have a future in a society that is so um, that the evidence indicates is against their crazy like run of the mill day to day like ideas about how society would run the only way that they could create a base for themselves is to manipulate the education system in ways that make people more quote unquote patriotic right this isn't about again then- instantiating values this is about creating a space so that they can have a job in the future i would argue on some of this i mean i have like we agree that like okay like well one like privatization is everything the reagan revolution has never stopped that's the main goal they want these schools all privatized because why the fuck not it's more money for their donors the jack as jack mentioned earlier there are these competing sectors of capital even though like say tech billionaires donate to both parties like extraction like billionaires will donate more towards say the republican party right like resource extraction absolutely and there is this warring sect of capital going on where it's like um the democrats essentially rely on teachers as like a voting block right and then you have the idea that everything must be privatized, which is Obama was a big fan of too. He wanted to privatize Social Security, you know, and he made a, a fucking health care bill that made you buy private insurance. So Heritage the, Foundation. Yeah, they're trying to outsource okay. as much of the actual state besides the security, which they continue to spend more and more money on, even as the military asks them not to. Right. You know, like they're all they will pay for is security, and uh, it's. Not necessarily that, like, they want to indoctrinate kids for these schools. They just want them to fail, I think, you know. And then the other way it'll be is, like, the private schools will be set up. So it's like um, you'll have STEM academies and say, I don't know, black neighborhoods where, like, oh, finally we don't have to import people on uh, H-1 visas, you know. Because that's another big thing is, like, the labor costs for tech companies as they keep expanding when coding is going to be the new, like, assembly line job, you know. They're going to want people that they can pay less. I mean, history of coding is already really interesting when it comes to that, right? Because coding was considered like a feminized uh, activity um, back in the days, right? <laughs> you know, you watch uh, popular movies like Hidden Figures, mm-hmm. um, you know, where the women were literally called computers, right? And yeah. it was compared to secretarial work. So that's an interesting little aside, right, about how you know, as positions become more well-paid and prestigious, like the gendered character of how they are perceived by the population changes and shifts, right? That's a little bit of an aside there, Well, right? you know, you know well, I'd say it's a good point, too, because, like, look at now. Look at who is um, the prestigious one of, like, space. It's, like, this private company run by a, you know, Rhodesian-loving psychopath. Exactly. Like, so we've outsourced even, like, the most crucial, like, scientific research and everything like that. Yeah. Um, I just I, I think it's funny too because like obviously these women and particularly the black women weren't being paid like you know 
uh, amazing salaries right. to be doing coding work, right? You know, so it's there's a certain sense in which we're just going to see a cycling when you're talking about it becoming the new assembly line work of that, and uh, where I think we're going to see a shift in its status as it moves that direction that you're talking about, right? Yeah, you know? I mean, Amazon people doing like Amazon warehouse jobs now will be doing the Amazon coding jobs right. in the future to like get the robots around the warehouse, right? So, um yeah, I mean, a lot of that will we will see uh, happening. But back to the point that I was making earlier about like um, Republican uh, careerism and like their um, faux commitment to like larger like oh, right wing principles. That's what I meant to say. Um, so yeah, like uh, I think you know when you're saying that you believe that a lot of it has to do with like sabotaging like. This is a regular pattern, right? Like this is a regular pattern of capital, right? right. Um, to sabotage like public services so that they can undermine oh, yeah, confidence yeah. in public services so that they can make their argument for privatization, right? Post office, right? Yeah. And and you're saying that CRT is part of that strategy. I think uh, absolutely, and I don't think that. Um, we need to be unipolar when we're talking about the call, uh, like the uh, motivations, right, for these actions. But what? Uh, so I would definitely argue that it, it serves multiple purposes. But all I'm all I'm emphasizing here is essentially that we know from evidence of like what what kind of radically, you know, at least in terms of like the bounded debate that is happening on the public stage about policy, you know, we know that the majority of the population of the country is wildly more progressive, uh, than, than we would be led to believe. Right. If we look at the polling data um, around like a bunch of like, like we were talking about before Medicare for all, uh, canceling student, uh, loan debt, uh, free college, so on and so forth. These are like wildly progressive ideas that are like not even considered tenable by mainstream Democrats. Um, yet the majority of the population, when we look at polling data, uh, is in support of them, right? And you connect that with the idea, again, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's important to provide context for what I'm saying here about the careerism of Republicans. Um, it, you know, you connect that with the idea that when voter turnout is high, uh, Republicans lose, right? And this is why there's such a heavy focus on like gerrymandering and voter suppression right. oh, yeah, and the role absolutely. that that plays. Yeah, in, that does play. You know what I'm saying? So the issue is that being a politician is a job. People like their jobs. They want to have careers. They want to advance in their careers, right? It's about, in a certain sense, their portfolio, right? They they want these jobs partially because they want to have access to the social networks of, of economic power and social power right? Uh, that come along with becoming a politician, right? Um, so, Republic, you know, but we I, have a history of parties collapsing is what I'm getting what I to say Let me, like, Do you hear what I'm saying on yeah, that, though, Jen? Like, I do, you, I do. I just want to say something while I have it here. Is like, the idea of like the Marjorie Taylor Greene and like uh, Mitch McConnell, right, competing is like Marjorie Taylor. The Marjorie Taylor Greens make things like um, overturning Roe possible, right. right? They they make it seem like there is that popular consent to do that thing, which I think like Kansas kind of proves like that's not necessarily which is true. False. Yeah. But yeah, um, you have this thing where it's like 
there is like this syncretic belief between the two where it's like okay this lady is a nut but she's like an attack dog for like the parts of the agendas that will serve as basically just red meat. It is, like I said, it's like the Democrats appointing, like, you know, well, we got a black woman to be the Supreme Court justice. Right. You know, it's the same type of thing, but it's the rights thing where it's like, look at we banned abortion and like we're going to maybe we'll ban gay marriage. Like, it's the same type of thing. Right. Yeah. They're, like, they're doing these things where it's like, again, providing like a pastiche of like the patriarchy because no working class male or like even a middle class male who feels like their world shrinking in around them they don't benefit from like their teenage daughter having to have a baby all of a sudden right. like it's just a pastiche uh, or like this kind of like postmodern like act out of these systems right where it's like well we want to go back to how it was and it's like it was never like that yeah dumbass. like sorry well i mean patriarchy is a holdover anyway because we it, we've seen that leaps and bounds uh all types of this is the whole underlying critique that we make on the left of um stuff like rainbow capitalism right like the whole point is that people can be assimilated it, this is a successful strategy right. so therefore i mean patriarchy in a in a very real sense in terms of the larger like uh trajectory yeah. of the system uh it's it's a holdover it's not necessarily you can actually uh um ideologically incorporate and and socially and culturally assimilate minority groups into this system of like you know capitalist imperialism and so right? this is the baby like baby marks like coming right into the manifesto it's like all thing you know all these relations wither away yeah they do not mean anything because you have no relations because you are so alienated at right that point. So the point is, you can be assimilated. You can be assimilated. We know that you can be yeah, successfully absolutely. assimilated. We don't need patriarchy, right? There's a Black Lives Matter Twitter with a check mark. I don't know how that exists. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> so the point of the matter is that, like, the patriarchy really is more of, like, um, and a lot of these social issues are more about, like, you know, what do they call them? Wedge they're about wedging. Yeah, right? it's and, well, they're not going to give you anything, so they have to give you these social things, right? right? Exactly. So, but anyway, so staying with the point about like Republican careerism and the evidence that we see, like what I just stated before, right? There is a history of parties collapsing, right? The the Whigs, yeah, uh, in the at the turn of the nineteenth century. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the Democrats were never really a party century, at all. I mean, right. Exactly. You know, the wigs collapsed, right? And looking at the demographic uh, kind of um, trends that I was pointing out, you know what I'm saying, uh, about like support for progressive poli policy, um, we can see that there is real fear uh, um, uh, and, and a somewhat legitimate fear, right? Uh, that the Republicans can uh, collapse as a party as the demographic shift that we're seeing among millennials mm -hmm. and younger generations, you know what I'm saying, uh, keep moving the direction they are, right? Um, but this there, 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 there's somewhat of a of a fear that 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 might be possible. So the only way to for them to continue to have a lane in which they can exist in the country, you know what I'm saying, in their minds, and I think somewhat backed up by the evidence, is to be able to. Uh, create excuses to interfere with the education system. Not now. Let me just state really quickly here: the education system is already shot through with all types of right-wing propaganda. 
So it's pretty amazing that they they just want more and more and more. But I think that that also is partially like uh, speaks to my point that that they want to be able to intervene uh, in the education system in order to create like an environment of more patriotic thinking, right? This is more of yeah. the, calling it what the transatlantic commodities trade. We got to look up you, that. We got to you know what I'd say get it the is? source on that. I'd uh, say it's systemic, like capitalist thinking, because what they're doing is like Gen Z is much more accepting of like someone being like gay or something like that. You know, well, more than this, that, right? But, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like is, those things are accepted, but at the same time, they will have like reactionary like thoughts on, and some of that attributed to their kids. You know, but like at the same time, like. They're still coming up. I mean, there are children being raised by Q parents right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That those kids will be mentally ill all their life, most likely, you know, because they'll be taught not to seek help. Violently irrational. Right, yeah. So, like, those people, like, they're going to continue to exist, and I think, like, they do replicate. But the thing is, like, what's weird is they've, like, kind of incorporated this thing where it's like, well, socially, like, I don't care if someone's gay or trans or whatever. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, I don't think any Mexicans should be allowed in this country. Yeah, and I mean... Whatever, there were some interesting Vice segments where you had, like, literal, like, you know, gay, trans people who were straight up, like, MAGA-ites, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is a thing. Right, yeah, Same yeah, thing oh, with yeah. black Republicans. It's just any of the... But that also feeds into the assimilation point, right? You know what I'm saying? But well, yeah, I mean, that was... You saw that with a, Ben in Carson. A, in a weird way. Ben know? Carson lied about being bad. <laughs> you know, because yeah. he's like, look, they want to hear about a, a a black guy who's bad, and then he became good. Wow! So he lied about being bad. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he lied about like stabbing a guy or something. Right. And like everyone's like, no, that never happened because he wanted to fit like their image of like what a black person should be, like what a black male should be. Yikes! Um, he was trying to do like his um his like redemption story of like oh yeah, yeah. i was in this situation and now look i'm in a, i'm a successful brain surgeon yeah and that's just part of the rags to riches that's a ver- that's a version of the same kind of rags to riches kind of discourse right if i reform my life then i then you know capitalism really does give people the opportunity to uh follow their dreams if they just buckle down and blah 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 uh, really love you know re, you know another ADD like vortex hole here. I really love uh, the meme uh, that says like you know capitalism is the only system under which you can pursue your dreams, and then it says something like you know fuck art degrees, fuck uh, literature degrees, you know fuck anything. Yeah, there's only competitive stuff, <laughs> right? It's you know competition. You learn to compete at something, asshole. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I think that that's fucking. Uh, I, that meme is very apropos. Expression um, is worthless, right. you know. But sticking with the point here, so we don't lose it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think that they're so they're trying to provide a ground for which there's still some relevance to Republican ideology, right? They're already terrified of the 2042, right? Do we talk about the 2042? I don't think, I don't think so. so. Uh, that's uh, the projected. Oh yes, 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 yes. Shift, the right? white, white white genocide yeah, day. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, where white, Damn it. where white people will be outnumbered, right in the country. That's the projected. Year. Yeah, the white replacement myth is like going around a lot, and I mean Tucker's doing it. It's it's mainstream at this point. Absolutely. You'll hear like mainstream like goofy Republican base people like talk about like the South African farmers and shit. Yeah, right. So the point is, they're already scared of these natural demographic shifts that are happening, right? And. That combined with the evidence that we've already put forth, yeah, right about how like they are outnumbered uh, in the country, 
uh, that creates like more incentive for them to interfere with the education system so that they can like at least have some chance for their propaganda to work. And yeah, right? like we talked about off mic too, how like this is like you're telling the global south they can't use resources at the rate we do, right? And then like you're going to have these climate crises. Right. And these mass, like, uh, you know, these mass emigrations and stuff, they're going to happen. That's what, cr- climate, like, the disaster of climate change is going to look like, you know? Yeah. It's not like day after tomorrow. It's like suddenly thousands of people are fleeing from a hurricane. Well, it's going to be both, right? I mean, it will be, yeah, and parts of it, but, like, and, like, the ice shelf is going to melt, things like that. Well, like, yeah, well, I mean, a bunch of places are going to go into water, right? But, the, yeah, and that's the thing is, though, like, those people will just be, they're not just, like, going to disappear. They're going to be, like, refugees. That's right. Forever, essentially. That's because right. most refugees are refugees forever once they end up refugees that's right and it's gonna be both it's gonna be you know like major like coastal cities going under you know what i'm saying and it's gonna be the refugee the refugee crisis it'll be drought and famine across the global south and and that's gonna and and we already know what what doesn't get talked about enough in that um and those in that interlocking crisis situation is the way that that's gonna affect like uh, uh, aggression, right? Nationalist aggression, right? Right? International aggression. Well, um, I mean, the resources are literally becoming more scarce. That's right. right. It's and time we, to, the way they're distributed, the way that like it's a competition for them. Look at how it was during COVID, when like Trump was like demanding like from Merkel, he's like, "If you get the vaccine first, you give it to me." <laughs> you know, like yeah. something completely absurd. But that's how it is now because like with these disasters that continue to happen so they're happening more you know rapidly absolutely so it's like yeah they're like look i'm looking out for me now pal and that's why like america first and like make america great again that type of shit wins out yeah i mean also that stuff wins out because it plays on really real anger about like the effects oh, of, yeah. like, of, of those investors rights agreements that we call trade agreements absolutely right? and there's just like there is a part where it's like hey you're feeling the pinch of neoliberalism come home you know that's what like they think the great reset is like exactly. that's just hey it, the market has run out of people to exploit Lenin explains this in like 1917 right. man you know like they've run out of places to exploit so now the war comes home right and you have to be exploited for every penny you have Right. So, so yeah. Um, so again, so this is, I think, um, all of these larger processes are marching forward regardless of the, like, minute, the micro-focused fuckery of, like, these careerist politicians. Um, but I think that it's, it's, I think it's, it's a mistake to uh, believe that a lot of Republican pop- politicians have like a commitment to larger like right wing ideology and principles, I think that it, it very very much is yeah. for many of them uh, just about a grift that but- has to do with them uh, padding their career right and setting themselves up for uh, successful successful careers. So- that's what I mean. There's like okay, that that that's what the red meat is for, right? Yeah. You throw them like oh we got rid of abortion. And like, you have a vote next time, right? Like, I hey, because you have all these trad weirdos joining like the GOP and stuff, where they're like, yeah, they're gonna help me get a house. It's like, brother, no, they are not. No, (laughs) like, good luck with that one. I don't think fucking Tom Cotton's getting you shit. 
and like Rand Paul and stuff like that. Like they're not getting you shit, buddy. So like there's like this um you know this populist wing that's coming up. It's like yeah, you know, there's gonna be social programs to promote families. It's like by making you have children like who are untenuous or like you can't afford to like have. And they're not gonna expand those social programs. Either. Exactly. Because that's the thing. It's like this whole like stupid like nationalism. Like they're like. People want to call them Nazis, but like they don't do the national socialism part of it. Right. They just want like complete austerity, and like it'll be a hell for everyone. Right. Well, I mean, and that's again, you know, I, I think we've discussed this before, but the point is that like these institutions at their core are reactionary institutions, and so therefore they always move to the right without massive social movements from the ground up pushing the other direction. It's like a gravitation. It's like an inertia that the institutions will always move that way, right? So well, yeah, there's a difference between like say like our institutions which move like post event and say like China's institutions which move like pre event like planning like we are going to turn this into like a resource heavy extraction environment right. and like we have a oh the ghost city we built 10 years ago by the Oof. way it's full you know yeah so like they have these plans where it's like the american government cannot plan shit uh, you have like cia jihadists fighting like pentagon jihadists in syria and like <laughs> that is so amazing um in the future um when we start to do some more segments uh we will definitely go over um Adam Curtis, uh, one of my favorites, uh, and some of his work. Something, yeah. I think the incompetence of the intelligence agencies should be put on like full display because yeah. guess what? They're really fucking stupid. We're definitely gonna do. Yeah. We're, in, we're definitely in the future gonna talk about some of Adam Curtis's work that he did on that. Right, where he um, he did some great comprehensive work on uh, intelligence agencies like uh, splintering off and chasing each other around the world in wild goose chases. There's some excellent stories that um, really show uh, the kind of factionalism that happens even within uh, our like security state, right? Yeah, I mean that you see this all the time, and I think like you even see it between the security state and the civilian state. Like, look at the like the um, navy now. It's like, please stop building me aircraft carriers. Oof. Like, yes. no, you're getting seven more. Like, no, I don't want like they're useless. China only has three for a reason because they know they don't need that shit anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that, like, the danger here is, too, is new technology is in the hands of absolute freaks here. There is no state overwatch. It's, like, it's being developed in, like, Zuckerberg and Bezos and yeah. Musk's, like, secret labs. Where yeah. it's like, dude, I don't trust these people. And that is the private. That's, like, the biggest thing. The privatization of everything, right? Like, that's just, again. That's, I think that's where we can kind of draw this to a close. Well, but, that's, like, that's what made our world hell. Well, that's the... Again, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the rightward movement of these institutions. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because you know, capitalism is as a is a a right wing uh, economic. And the institutions setup. just dissolve, and though. Nation states are right wing institutions. You know, so they're always going to move further to the right, which means a more centralized authoritarian control. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like more like you know what we call what uh austerity neoliberalism all of that stuff is just about like concentrating power and that uh that's the same thing with capital right capital concentrates power so all of that stuff is it just continues that march again you know what i'm saying yeah and until those institutions until we set the stage for those institutions to be abolished and for that for the economic structure to be abolished uh we're going to see this movement 
uh, toward the right, and 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 it's being reflected in the phenomena that we're talking about. But um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, the CRT really did send me down a um, a discursive spiral there because I do think that that stuff is just a cynical move to uh, uh, to justify intervention into our education it's us. Gillette commercial yeah 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 I mean it's just bullshit you know what I'm saying it's just yeah. it's their way of like trying to create ground for themselves in the future but I wanted to so the reason why I went down that rabbit hole though is I want to connect this right to the discussion we're having about Trump and about um, like the unprecedented nature of him being um uh Cool. Him, yeah, him being cool. Him being put in a position to be like prosecuted and so on and so forth, and how that is a reflection of like um, uh, splintering within uh, the the elite sphere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and and his like lack of decorum and that and like that posing a thing. So I wanted to put that. Th- I wanted to connect that directly to what I'm saying about the demographic shifts in the careerism. Because this was a theory that was put forth by Vox. Um, Vox I, lo- I, lo- I love, I love, like uh, employing Vox and a lot of the conversations I have because I fucking hate them. But they are like, uh, this, this, I, I, if I can use, if I can effectively use arguments that are made by people I disagree with, I think that there's some strength uh, to, to what I'm saying there. So. Um, they have put forth the idea, uh, and this is why I brought up the 2042, right? They put forth the idea that a lot of the bipartisan um, work, and whenever there's bipartisan, remember, we've talked about this before, right? When there's bipartisan work, it's usually on the most reactionary shit that you can possibly right. Yeah, imagine, yeah. right? Um, so a lot of the bipartisan work around immigration, right? Which is why it's so excellent that we keep talking about great replacement and all of that stuff. A lot of the bipartisan work on immigration, right, um, a.k.a. why Obama became uh, deporter-in-chief, deporter baby, right? you know a bungler, all of that stuff, right? Um, uh, a lot of the bipartisan work around that kind of stuff is about, like, the Republicans acknowledging this demographic shift and trying to do something like set up uh, a future for themselves where they can court Latino conservatives. And they've so done a part good of job that, of that. Yeah, absolutely, starting to do a good job. So and so part of that is, you know, working with Democrats uh, on, you know, a path to citizenship measures. Right. Yeah, I, I think a I'm big saying? problem is. Um, and so hold on, let me finish this. Yeah. So hold on, let me finish this, and then you can go directly into that because we're we're right uh, yeah. on that fertile ground to talk about that, but. I think that the thing is that Trump partially blew that up with his strategy of the wall and all of that shit and all of that rhetoric was is like putting a major kink in their in the in the larger Republican strategy to court Latino conservatives, right? Right. By Trump engaging in good old fashioned racial nationalist uh, fervor. You know, I'm saying stirring up racial nationalist fervor, which is solid Republican strategy, right? They 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 rely on racial nationalist politics uh, to a large degree, right? That's the strong, that's their the the core of their base, right? Yeah, you know. So um, because of that, you know, so what they're 
I guess getting angry at is that he's out of step, right? Because yes, even though that's classic Republican racial nationalist politics that Trump is calling on there, you know, and that was effective, right? Um, it's putting a kink in the larger, longer term plan to convert Latino conservatives, right? And so that is a major, I think, n not talked about enough element of why Trump is in the precarious position that he's in relative to previous Republican figureheads that are more right. you know, run-of-the-mill standard establishment. And I'll tell you this, like he do, he wins these because like what they're doing is they're integrating them with like Latin, uh, with American Catholicism. That's right. Which is just Protestantism. And so the so Roe, a lot of the Roe stuff too helps you know, dovetails with that. Even though, right? like, again, that was, like, vastly unpopular with most American Catholics. Absolutely. Because most American Catholics are, like, Latin American. Absolutely. And, like, that's the thing is, like, these churches that were, like, all white have suddenly started doing more and more, like, Spanish-speaking services. And so it's like, I don't care. Like, right. Good. I'm glad. Exactly. I'm, I'm more, the more people, more tongues it's spoken in, I'm happy with. Right. But still, like, I mean, my parish is, like, Aramaic ones. So... There's this thing where it's like, but at the same time, like, the church has been integrated because the Protestants are such freaks who've gotten a hold of us and made us hate our own pope and everything like that. They become, like, the reactionary American Catholics because that's who they start to try and, like, that's the community they try and be around to be like, look, we're the same. And it's like, no. 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 Like, I'm not. <laughs> but um, I, the other ones might be. I, I do have another uh, thing here. If let's get through real quick, yeah, well, let's get through real because, quick. Because um, you know, Brandon, it's interesting that you brought up right wing careerism because there's someone else who's been having a really tough week this week, and I'm referring to, of course, Alex Jones of Infowars, who has been hit with what forty? What does this say? I'm looking at the Independent. Forty nine million. Last week, Alex Jones was ordered to pay four point eleven million in compensa in compensatory. Compensatory. I don't know why I couldn't say that word. And $45.2 in punitive damages to the parents of murdered six-year-old Jesse Lewis. Let me butt in real quick. I got to say, uh, Texas has a law where you can't get uh, double the punitive... You can't get more than double punitive damages from your actual, like compensatory damages yeah, he probably, so they're not getting that much he, yeah he's probably not going to pay all of that it is going to be a huge chunk of change they're saying between like 6 and 12 so this article is from the independent this was from two days ago as of this recording and basically the, uh, well I'll just read the headline Alex Jones's Infowars sees sales soar since Sandy Hook defamation trial and uh, it's we were kind of talking about this off mic, but okay. Court documents filed in U.S. bankruptcy court in Houston reveal that Infowars parent company, Free Speech Systems LLC, LOL, is on track to top 800,000 in sales from its far-right conspiratorial website in the last week alone. In the week ending July 29th, which also marked the first week of the high-profile trial, Infowars made uh, 9,600, wait, 962,000 in sales according to the filings. What? Okay, they're fucking, listen, yeah. That's how they work. That's how they've always done it. That's what those days when, like, um, they were showing in court, like, oh, Alex Jones had $800,000 days. Because you know what those were? Those were days were, like, the Vegas shooting and shit like that, yep. where his shit was being shared all around for, like, a week straight. But, like, that's why he was having those huge days. And the thing is, is, like, he's not going to go bankrupt from this because he, he's literally a lunatic, man. He's hidden so much fucking money. He has all these shell companies. His family's name. He, um... 
he managed to obscure the trial so much and just kick so much shit up into the air. The jury wasn't sure what the fuck they were deciding. You know, and I think it's just, it's a lesson that, like, no matter what, like, these people are hard to fucking get. Look at Bannon. Right. You know, he stole all that money from, like, the wall GoFundMe and just disappeared with, like, that Chinese billionaire. By the way, shouts out to Thailand for arresting that asshole. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, like, how? so how do you think the thing with, and look, none of us here are legal scholars, obviously, but, like, how does this compare to, I mean, the, the, um, (laughs) damages awarded in, like, the, the, Unite the Right case with, you know, yeah, Richard Spencer and his co-defendants who will probably, because of that, be... I mean, Richard Spencer and company will probably be broke, like, indefinitely. Goes, like, it's hard to see them coming back. Now, Alex Jones, on the other hand, he's a big moneymaker. He'll be That's fine. Right. He'll be fine. Yeah. That's what bothers me about all of this is, like, he, he'll be fine. Like, everyone's acting like, oh, Alex Jones, this is it for him. This is death's door. He's never going to come back from this. When it's like... The fact that he was, like, I mean, prosecuted in... I mean, not even prosecuted. This is, like, a civil trial, right? Yeah, let's say this. I want to say that, too. Like, that's, that's important to note is, like, the why the jury was so confused was because Alex was, like, refusing to hand over evidence and discovery for four years straight. People, like, there was a lot of Alex Jones fans on those videos that are on YouTube and shit. Like, it, they outnumbered mostly people who are anti-Alex. And I gotta say, like, they don't understand. They don't want to, obviously. They'll never intend to. But, like, Alex was put refusing to provide evidence for four years. That's why, like, the bombshell at the end was the lawyer having the phone copy sent right. to him accidentally. That was so, so goddamn yeah, funny. They refused. Yeah. That's why the judge hated him so much, because, like, you've been fucking with me for four years, you asshole. Like, I'm tired of this case. I'm. That's why she had a chess clock to, like, figure out how much time they took. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I find the whole thing... Um, Somewhat amusing, uh, somewhat vindicating uh, of the parents. Obviously, like the money and that ridiculous, like insult to injury uh, added uh, by like his crazy uh, campaign against uh, the parents, the crisis actor nonsense, conspiracy theory crap, you know. Um, obviously, like. You know, in a just world, he would face some type of criminal consequences uh, for that because it's just, it, I mean, it's just so atrocious uh, what he actually did. Um, I mean, actually, I was one of the people, you know, maybe even similar to Glenn Greenwald, uh, mm-hmm. that way back in the day liked a lot of what Alex had to say because when you're developing a nation consciousness, of mm-hmm. a, like uh, I watch Zeitgeist right so when you're <laughs> developing a nation consciousness of like the structure of like um, uh, local national and global politics you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and when you don't have a basic critical framework from which to look at hierarchical systems and capitalism and imperialism and so on and so forth right uh, like it's usually for a lot of people filtered through the Illuminati conspiracy, right. you know, and the Illuminati conspiracy, you know, we were talking about off mic as well, that there are grains of truth in, in some of these conspiracies or in some elements of the conspiracies. Right. And as much as they identify like hierarchical structures of domination. Yeah. I right? mean, like the right hates the right people half the time. Right. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? 
Uh, so even me, right, growing up, like that was part of you know besides just broad recognition of white supremacy as a as a function uh, as a system within society. Um, there's uh, my first kind of entryway into looking at systematically at systems of domination in society was through like you know a research into Illuminati conspiracies, and I went deep. I went very very deep into that stuff for a while. Learned about Adam Weissop and all of the late 1700s. Like uh, you know, it was an interesting. It, you know, I think some of it is an interesting theory, and I think that we should take a little bit of time. Just I'll, like, I'll, I'll just run through it really quick. Um, I, I, what I think are like somewhat interesting, useful ideas that can still be salvaged from these uh, Illuminati conspiracy ideas. So the idea that um, there the transition between because this is what we're talking about essentially I, yeah, the trend to say this when you're done yeah, yeah the uh, the transition between feudalism and capitalism is what we're talking about essentially when we're when we're looking at Illuminati theory right and what they're saying essentially is that you couldn't openly oppose the king and the church right when you have a new class of like entrepreneurial capitalists mercantile capitalists yeah mercantile capitalists right you know small manufacturing light manufacturing yep, at home. right exactly yeah. uh in order to plot against the king you know and the and, and the church like they couldn't do it openly because they face violence right uh, even though they had massive power and influence, they were still capped by a structure of society that well, look, was still dominated by the the crown and the church. Even in the industrial age, like they had to run into Switzerland all the time and shit like right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So the point is that they formed like secret societies as part of a um, strategy, right, to organize the overthrow of the system uh, of of the system of feudalism, right, so that they could like have the reins of power for the next uh, transition into capitalism, right? Look from, at the black hand. There's right. like four guys. Exactly. <laughs> right. So Illuminati theory, Adam Weissop and his like basically fraternity. They're basically just secret fraternities, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. the theory is that like, you know, they had to find a way to plot in secret against the crown because openly going against the crown was, was possibly a death sentence for them, right? And so I think that there are some grains of truth like how are you going to organize to overturn feudalism if you cannot if you can't openly challenge the power of the of the crown in the church at the time right you know uh what you also get from it is the idea of roundtable groups right and so roundtable groups the way that they you know the pseudo legitimate kind of idea that comes out of that right and this gets into crazy stuff like globalism so we want to just bracket that that stuff is we don't endorse that that Mm. shit is really really out there but the point is that the idea that we have like agglomerations of like you know whatever the vestiges of uh of feudalism like the the current existing kings uh or queens of that are mainly just symbolic figureheads they don't actually like affect the way the politics are done today but like you get them you get high up media figures you get uh you know major uh, CEOs, major like board members, certain politicians and stuff like that, meeting together in groups like the Bilderberg Group, uh, the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, or the Trilateral Commission. Essentially, the idea here is that you have 
connect, uh, uh, you have cross sections of elected and non-elected people that have massive power but, that are getting together uh, in a non-transparent way to craft like co- both connections and policy that happens that in your local chamber of commerce every day, the, though. Too. Right, right. Well, it's right, right. So the point is that. It's not totally crazy. The idea of roundtable groups, the idea that there needed to be a way to organize a transition away from feudalism without directly challenging the crown and the church. Yeah, there, there, there are some elements of that that are reasonable to think about, right? I'm not, I, I don't care about the overall arch of the theory because, of course, it's, it's shot through with all types of crazy nonsense. Well, I want nonsense. to make a really like, important historical comparison here is like, during the French Revolution, like one of the like most effective things was like just printed mass media and just vulgar too. Like, and that is what I think I feel like we're seeing this petty bourgeois revolution where they're starting to take these seats in Congress. They're becoming a major force. I mean, they storm the Capitol. Yep. And you're seeing them put out these things, but the thing is like, what the things like Illuminati or the Masons were, yeah. these were counter-propaganda. Yep. These are counter-enemies within, right? Yep. You go find them, this is all you're being diverted by them, or, yep. you know, and in yep. Hitler's Germany, it's the Jews, yep. you know? But these are counter-organizations where you're just like, look, you have to, these are the people, they're they're misleading you. They're going to lead you into, like, death. Like, now the globalists. Right. You know, they're going to lead you into death camps at, at the Walmart. Right. That's always the theory. It's a, it's a counter-conspiracy. That's the reactionary conspiracy from the power source right trying to downplay like people's concerns that's right that's right and um and so yeah i mean i agree and i think that um at the end of the day like their theories are nonsensical and useless because you know it's it has this very comic book like uh action movie kind of theme to it where if you just kill the bad guys then that's going to take care of the problem and i think that that is that is the line that we have to just like draw in the sand on that nonsense and be like, hey, even if there are some grains of truth to the structure of society mm-hmm. that you're loosely identifying with these ideas about uh, the Illuminati, uh, uh, what we have to realize is that um, this is not a comic book. This is not a sci-fi movie. Like you don't just kill the bad guy and then d- everything turns into it's a not the end of V for Vendetta, right? Exactly. Yeah. as Zizek talked about, right? Yeah. This is look and like I think that's why the royals benefit the Europeans because they can still have this class consciousness because there's a really clear dividing line right there. Yeah, absolutely. Who are their friends? And if they have Lord in front of their name, like you know, they're like of that class, right? Right. So. Right. Not getting, not spinning get off too, of here. not not spinning off too far, but you know, because we got to wrap up. But not spinning off too far, but you know, when I was younger, there was some type of appeal to Alex Jones railing before he went fully off the rails with the David Ike type shit. You know what I'm saying? Crazy reptilian, transdimensional well, alien Q. concept. He had to follow Q, right? <laughs> you know, uh, he did have some interesting stuff to say. He did rail against the security state. I think we are going to cover um, the documentary that was recently done about. Yeah, him. I would like. To I would like definitely. to because I would like to like point out a lot how a lot of these things, even by his own self mythology, like no, absolutely, <laughs> fuck out, absolutely nonsense. But I think that just wrapping up, like. Um, 
we just need to draw the line on the sand with the Illuminati theory. This is not a comic book. This is real life. You don't just kill the bad guy and everything goes uh, back into a magical, happy utopia. That's not how this works. We need much more comprehensive, radical transformation of society. And that doesn't come just by identifying some elites and murdering them. And then we're going to get our freedom back. All of these fucking vague terms about freedom and about like getting our rights back. No. No, that's not how it works. And we have to draw a line on the sand. We love y'all and we want you to draw a line on the sand so that we can have clear discussions about what's happening and not be, you know, um, confused by the obscuration of nonsense ideas that don't uh, meet critical standards. We love y'all. We're going to keep you. going. Yep, that's a good place to end it for now. Thanks for listening, folks. That's the front, but ain't no police there, boy, your ass has got to die. We play the game for geeks, and if you slept, I guess you sleep. You showing up fucking now, your ass is six feet deep. Cause where I come from, yo, everybody's got a cat. And niggas try your ass just to see where you got some heart. And if I see this flimsy, then your ass is gonna be And like I said before, there'll be no tears in the end. I'm rolling through your hood, and now my heart's filled with pain. You got your sister's house, and now your sister's life's in danger. Spent the king, niggas want to bang. And hang up, stay up, with one up in the chain. Let's take a trip up highway, so you can see how many niggas in the hood is down a dollar. Since we banged and we do what OG say do I've got the mind of the man in the mirror So I'm looking at me fake But I can't see nothing baby I've got my pistol on top Ready to lick shots non-stop Until I see your monkey ass drunk And let your homie know who done it Cause when it comes to gangsta shit You motherfuckers know who run it uh, So when you put this motherfucker to the dick You gotta realize something nigga You fucking with the very bitch I've got this killer up beside me I can't talk to my mother So I talk to my diary I'm going off on the deep end I find myself face to face with myself While I'm flipping I see a picture in my head and my hand shake. You can run, you can hide, but there's no escape. My inner feelings, show no mercy on my enemy. I got to get this motherfucker before he gets to me. So in your own blood, you'll pay. And I won't stop until I put this motherfucker in his fucking grave. And I can say this once again. You can cry, but you'll still die. There'll be no tears in the air.